Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking to Syracuse's first commit in the 2024 class and a come-from-behind win over Boston College. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is 2024 Syracuse commit Sire Torrance. Sire, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Of course. I'm happy to be on it. And Sire, we'll get you started on this one. You committed to Syracuse in November. It's Syracuse's first commitment in the 2024 class. What made you decide to pick the Orange? Um, Just the trust in that I built with the coaches. And, like, why not Syracuse is the real question. I wanted to um, put the city on the map. I wanted to show everybody who I am, what I could be, how, like, how I could um, improve the city in general because we're not really a football city or a football state. I just want to show everybody the difference. So you touched on Syracuse being more of a basketball town. As most people know, your older brother, Samir, plays on the basketball team. Did that play a role in it at all? No, I was just kind of making my own decision. Obviously, my brother wanted wanted me to come uh, and um, play on Syracuse and stay home. But he just told me, whatever you do, just make your own decision. Whatever fit right with you, just do it. Take me through the scene when you told the coaching staff you were committing. They must have been really happy when you told them the news. (laughs) Uh, I was on the um, phone with Dinos, and um, I showed him a rubber band. It said "Commit to Cuse," and I was like, "I think I'm ready. I'm ready to co- to um, commit." He didn't get the hit at the time. He was like, "Okay, so whenever you're ready to commit, you let me." And I was like, "Coach, I'm ready to commit now." And then he was just happy. <laughs> he was just happy and gave me the phone to um, all the coaches that um, some of the coaches staff. Sire, you were originally offered as an athlete at CBA. You played both wide receiver and defensive back. Have you talked to the coaches more about whether you play offense or defense? Nah, nah, they don't care where I play. I just want to be on the field and like whatever help my t- help the team win. That's what that's the type of player I am. I just want to win. Sire, for those Syracuse fans who haven't seen you play at CBA, what player do you most resemble at the college or pro level? Uh, to be honest. I don't think no one could do what I could do. I feel like I'm a different person. I feel like I'm one of one. I feel like that the humbleness and the um the dog in me that I got from my brother and my parents. I feel like every like I'm not compared to anyone. I'm just I'm just a different breed. Yeah, and on that point, Coach Brown, your head coach at CV, raves about your leadership qualities. Tell us how that's evolved over time. Now that you're an upperclassman, I learned that from this year. I had to be more of a vocal leader than just a point like on the field leader because this team now they need 
they need someone to spark them and like talk to them and to encourage them, to um push them. And I felt like I had to play a big role in that. It, even if we down or like up, I had to make sure to make sure the sideline up, get an en- energy right, make sure that the defense is good, make sure that the O line staying positive and not blaming each other or nothing like that, staying negative. Even if we make a, a bad mistake, I'm gonna just come to the player. I'm gonna just next play. Well, Coach Brown said we always say Charlie Mike, just next play, next down. Sayer, you had a great season at CBA. CBA had a great season making it to the sectional finals at the JMA Wireless Dome. What were some of the highlights for you and your team? Uh, some of the highlights I had was probably just making it to the um to the sectional um to the dome again. That's really my favorite highlight. Just making it to the dome, um, being there, part of with my team, just having fun, even with that L. But like I told the team, this is not really an L. This is just a lesson. We're going to be back next year. That's all that matters. Sayer, let's go back to the Syracuse coaching staff. You mentioned you committed with Coach Bapers before. Who are some of the other coaches on the staff you speak with the most? Uh, I spoke with Tony White, the um, defense coordinator. He 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 likes me. Um, he said he likes me at safety or corner. It doesn't matter. He's, he told me whenever um, the defense is on the field, he wants them to play. He wants them to have fun out there. He's not the one that's controlling them. Or telling them what like he's just calling the plays. He's wanting them to have fun and be dogs up there. That's one coach that I like. The um I can't say the offensive coordinator the offense coordinator name. I wanna say it. I'm gonna learn it one day. But um I talked to him. He he a good dude. I like him too. He likes me at um at hybrid or um or in a slot for offense. I like him too. Um the wide receiver coach, he cool. I talked to him too. Um when Dino when I was on the phone when Dino wanna commit it. They um all good coaching staff and um the corner the cornerback coach um the cornerback coach I, f- I forgot his name too I'm gonna learn all these coaches' names by the end of the week and make sure I know about heart but um they all I like the coaching staff they all got love for me I got love for them they all trust me I'm gonna trust them too. So you visit a lot of games at the dome this year. What did you like most about attending those games? I just like the atmosphere from the fans. That's the fans just get. Whenever it's down or like it's a third down, the the fans get loud. That's what I like about the dome. I just want to be in that. I just want to be a part of that atmosphere and making a good big play on it. And Sayer, we'll get you out of here on this one. What are you looking most forward to when you arrive at Syracuse in the fall of 2024? Um, right now I'm I'm leaning to the offensive side because I feel like they need they need one more playmaker. I feel like I'm that playmaker that they need. I feel like they need one more missing piece, and that's me. Sayer, thanks so much for coming on the program again. Syracuse Christian Brothers Academy star and 2024 Syracuse commit Sayer Torrance. Sire, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck to you with the rest of your high school career and, of course, with Syracuse, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Of course. Sire Torrance is going to be a star at Syracuse, I think. Great to have him on the program. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse with a dramatic 32-23 win over Boston College to wrap up the regular season on Saturday. The Orange scored 26 straight in the fourth quarter as they finished 7-5 and on the season. What were your takeaways from the game? Well, in the end, I thought it was great to end that five-game losing streak, certainly, and get the W. Great way to end the season on an up note. Coach Mack used to always tell me, Wes, you know, it's hard to win football games. You put a lot of effort in a week leading up to a game to win a game. And when you're in a conference like the ACC, 
where most of the teams are bunched together. And then you get into a rivalry game as the games against uh, Pittsburgh and BC each year. You got to win those. And after a lackluster first half performance, it was just great to see the team erupt uh, on both sides of the ball in the second half. Uh, the defense really active, causing turnovers, and then the offense getting in gear with scoring points, which is something that had been a problem in the five-game losing streak. So uh, the downside, of course, though, is the penalties continued, and it's been not just a season-long trend, Wes, for this uh, this year's team, but program-wise under Dino Babers. Uh, you and I sound like, or certainly I sound like, you know, a broken record in talking about penalties in games that, you know, Syracuse has so many self-inflicted wounds that really hurts. And they overcame the 14 penalties in this case. And a couple of them are just, again, I've always said, on the head coach and a lack of discipline. Uh, I get it about celebrating in today's world and everyone wants to be in the spotlight after making a great play on a field or a basketball court. But you, you got to be sensible about it. And, you know, the excessive celebration penalty, you know, you know, hurt Syracuse in scoring more points in the game after making, you know, a, a great defensive play. So you hate to see those kind of things. And the end of the game, you know, again, ki- kids are going to celebrate, especially beating a rival. And there's classy ways to do celebration. You know, I get it. You know, you want to be on the field. You want to be in the spotlight, as I said. But, you know, this is the kind of situation in college football Make your way over to your fans' contingent in the stands, even at road games, and celebrate with them. After all, they made the effort to come out and root you on, and you want to celebrate, you want to be happy and in the moment, and there's there's ways to do that as well. But overall, anytime you bookend a season with victories, Louisville in the opener, Boston College in the regular season finale, to me it marks a great season uh, with a winning record. Brad, you touched on this talking about a great season with a winning record, but Syracuse started 6-0. They raised expectations significantly. They were the number 14 team in the country, and then they lost five straight, barely finished with a winning record. Does this still resemble a good season to you? Well, personally, I do. <laughs> went back, I went back and looked at my preseason predictions. I had 7-5 and five and 4-4 four and four in the ACC. So it, it met my pr- predictions, and so, you know, I, I think – Looking at it from that standpoint, seven victories. Now, to your point, it was kind of unbalanced, of course, right? We might not have been really realistically expecting first six wins and then to lose five in a row, but you kind of got worried as you saw the injuries mount up and the, the, the competition really stiff each week uh, in that stretch when they played uh, NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Florida State. So, you know, I, I think so. I mean, I, I missed four of the 12 games where I thought either Syracuse would lose and they won or I thought they would win and they lose. So it was pretty close. And I, I do think it's a success because they did end with a victory. It, it just would have been a total disaster to go 6-0 and and then 0-6. and But coming uh, up with a way to gut that win out in the second half against a team that you should have beaten that didn't have as much talent as you did – and against a rivalry team, did show something, uh, you know, overcoming injuries, overcoming poor play in, in, you know, the worst loss of the season at Florida State, uh, and then coming back to get that win to kind of cement, you know, one extra step from just the minimum six wins for bowl eligibility. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. 
So I'd like to talk about the bowl game, Wes, and a lot of conjecture, and certainly, you know, you've written about it as well, you know, point Syracuse to playing in the Fenway Bowl uh, for the first game in that uh, bowl history because of uh, COVID. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case and for a couple of reasons. Number one, the school has requested from the ACC not to play in the game because final exams are the week leading up to December 17th. So that makes a lot of sense. It would be really hard to prepare for a Bolts game, uh, having to have the players' minds on you know, finishing their final exams and getting all those academic things in order. Now, on the other hand, Wake Forest has its uh, final exams the week before that. So I really think Wake Forest is a better bet, as the ACC does the bowl pairings, to play in the Fenway Bowl than Syracuse. Also, Wake hosted Boston College this year, where, of course, Syracuse played already in Boston. So I'm really kind of focusing on two bowls, the pinstripe or the Birmingham Bowl, as the other tie-ins for for Syracuse, because they're part of the uh, Tier 2 Bowls, along with the Military Bowl, and that's where Syracuse is going to settle. Military, Pinstripe, Birmingham, Fenway. And I really am zooming in on the Birmingham Bowl, and I'll tell you why. It's against an SEC opponent, most likely, projected to be Missouri. You're playing at a, a recently constructed stadium in Birmingham, kind of extensive brand out of the Northeast. And I'll tell you, Wes, it's a heck of a lot warmer, most likely, in Birmingham in December than it would be playing in Boston in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. So I'd like to see Syracuse play a, a Power 5 conference opponent in a different sort of bowl game that they've you know, not, not played in before. They've been to the Pinstripe twice, albeit not in a decade. But I'd really like to see Syracuse get a, uh, a different sort of bowl down south, a little bit warmer, a little bit more close geographically to some of the recruiting areas. Atlanta's only two hours away, Florida not far uh, for the bowl game destination. Brad, my closing thoughts stay with football. Eight Orange players were named to the All-ACC teams announced on Tuesday, with Aronde Gaddiston earning first-team All-ACC honors at tight end. Gaddiston, just a true sophomore, finished the season with 56 receptions and 891 receiving yards. Other players to receive recognition include Sean Tucker, Matt Bergeron, Michael Jones, Marlo Wax, Garrett Williams, Jahai Carter, and Deuce Chestnut. Congratulations to all eight of them as Syracuse looks toward the postseason. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I have a time machine at home. It only goes forward at regular speed. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.